Well, it is good to be with you, and uh, I, I hope and pray that this message really encourages you. Uh, let me warn you, it, it is a little bit challenging, but it's a good challenge. Please tell me someone came to church to be a little bit challenged today. Okay, we all want to leave this place being a little bit more like Jesus, would that be right? And, and so it's always good. It's always our desire as speakers to, to never condemn. We're always trying to construct people's lives, and, um, but we also do want to challenge you to keep being a bit more like Jesus thinking more like Jesus, seeing like Jesus. So we're going to get into the Word. Oh, look at this. Look, if you're, always, if you're wondering why when I open up my iPad, I just, I just look, look. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, it's gone. There she is. Look, that's, my, that's our little granddaughter. Her name's, her name's Atlas. She really is our world, honestly. Oh, first grandchild, guys. We're just a mess. Come on, grandparents. You know what I'm talking about here. All right. So tonight... Tonight, um, I will be speaking, listen, it's going to be pretty, it's a bit of a different message tonight. It won't be streamed. Um, the place um, I'm praying will just explode, to be honest, right? It's not going to be one of those little howdy duty. If you like those sort of messages, apparently there's a great church down the road. That you, but, but up in Warner, we're turning that place into a spiritual zoo, all right? I mean, right, we're going to have some fun is what I'm saying. But it's a very challenging message, but I, I, seriously, you'll be so encouraged by it because I've seen it work, okay? So we're going to be talking, I don't want to give it away, but we're going to be talking about something that I honestly believe does biblically bring breakthrough, and I've seen it happen even of late, and so I'm going to be encouraging with that message tonight. So please, I know if you don't often do that, maybe just at least come this one time, and I'm sure you'll be blessed. Would you bow your heads? Father, thank you for every person here. Lord, I thank of every new person that may be visiting, Lord, today. I just pray for them that they would really receive something from this message, but most of all, really feel at home. And uh, Lord God, there's no strangers in this place. We're all just family, and I just want to thank you for everyone in this place. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, we are heading into the season that is Easter. And uh, one thing about this church, you guys, you guys do Easter really, really well. Good Friday, Easter. And so we're heading into that season, and so I just thought it'd be great to just speak into, you know, what would really be known as a Easter passage. Okay, so I think it's going to be up on the screen. Have we got it there? Mark chapter 11. You with me? Yep, yeah, okay. It says, As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. Very familiar passage of scripture. We all know what that's all about. Um, as, we, as some of us would know, this is the donkey that Jesus would then ride into Palm Sunday. Um, people throwing down their coats and crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. And it was this donkey's gig. This was the donkey. And the funny thing about this is that Jesus knew a lot about this donkey. He knew its location. He knew its situation, that it was tied up. He knew its qualification that it had never been ridden. But the thing that stands out the most is the fact that he says, and he needed it. That's the only time you read in the Gospels that Jesus says that he needs anything. He needed a donkey. 
And so here's my little statement, and I'm going to preach into it for the next few moments. Can I, can, can I tell you what I'm going to talk about today? If Jesus had a plan and a purpose for a donkey, then I'm pretty confident that he's got a plan and a purpose for every single person in this place, whether you're young or old, whether you're sick or healthy, there is a plan for your life. And you know, I think one, one of the greatest revelations you could ever have, that the pinnacle of Christianity is not simply giving your life to Christ and getting baptized. That's salvation, friends. Yes, you've got to do that in order to know Christ and, and to be a part of the kingdom. But if that's all it was supposed to be, then you would vanish the minute you were baptized. Like, if that's the pinnacle of Christianity, you're not going to, you're going to, not going to do any more for God. You're not going to achieve any more. God would literally take you out of here, which would make getting people to sign up for baptisms a little bit tricky, right? Because everyone that went before them all vanished. But it's not, friends. The actual, the actual desire of God is that, yes, we would be connected to him through faith and we give our lives to him. That's the initial step. But surely we all know that a couple getting married is not the pinnacle of that relationship. They've now got 30, 40, 60 years ahead of them to build the relationship together. Amen? So how many of us would know that what God is trying to do in our life is that we would bear fruit and that we would bear... And then that we would bear... So that then we could have... A very well, he told me, he goes, test them, see if they get it right. And I said, there's no way they'll get it right. They don't listen to you, Pastor. I'm telling you now. But you're right, mate. I, I ain't paying for lunch. All right. Okay. So, here it goes. This donkey was untied, although he was untried. He allowed himself to be untied. See, this donkey would have been wrapped up against that post or whatever it was, the tree, and he would have become very familiar with his little trough and his watering can and, and the views that he was looking at. And I think he probably thought that that was going to be his life for the rest of his life until these two disciples said, no, 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 we've got a bigger plan for you. But thank God the donkey allowed himself to be untied. And I would just say from the outset to all of us, hey, young people, older people, Whoever you are, anyone under the sound of my voice right now, are you willing to be untied so that God can actually release you into your purpose? Or are your plans for your life so thick, so strong, that, or maybe it's your parents' plans for your life, or maybe it's your wife's plans for you, or your plans for your wife. I don't know how it all works, but how about we all are willing today to be untied so that we can finally get on with what God's actually got for our lives? I heard you guys clap a lot about right now. Friends, it's just easy to go through the motions. And I'm going to just tell you right now, friends, it's not the plan of God. It's not the plan of God. This donkey was willing to go to the next level of his purpose. Now, I've got to say that if I was the saviour of the world, probably wouldn't have chosen a donkey to ride into Palm Sunday. I would have gone for a black stallion. Nice, big, nine-foot thing sweating all over, you know, rearing its ugly head. I mean, there's obviously a reason why Ferrari used that symbol, right? But Jesus goes, nah, no, I'm actually happy with a donkey. And so there's two messages here. One's called, come on, let's get untied, even though we're untried. Or the other one is, where's my donkeys? 
Now, I know that might sound like a belittling comment, a derogatory comment, but honestly, it's a, as you're going to see, it's actually a compliment because Jesus chose a donkey. He was happy to get on it and he was happy to work with this thing. Now, listen, let me just tell you something. This donkey was willing to be untied because, friends, it's a symbol to us that if we think for a moment that chasing possessions, chasing popularity, or chasing prosperity is the thing that brings you happiness, then you haven't been watching what's going on in our world lately. Let me tell you what actually does bring you happiness. Purpose. Show me someone with some purpose, and I will show you someone that, yes, they may have prosperity, but that's not where it comes from. It comes from the fact that they can wake up every day, and they know what they're doing. Friends, if popularity brought you happiness, then Justin Bieber should have been the happiest guy on earth, but yet he was running around with an orange tracksuit, having just come out of jail, even though he had all the money in the world, he had all the popularity in the world, but one thing he was lacking was purpose, so he ends up finding a Christian pastor who leads him to Christ, ends up writing an album called purpose and completely changes his life when are we going to realize as humans friends people have already been where we're trying to go and they've already been to tell us it's not all that it's cracked up to be the safest place that we could ever be is in our purpose I can show you a lady who's in LA who's got granite marble bench tops and she's got pools the size of an ocean, but she's fully depressed. I'll show you a woman who's waking up every morning in Africa on a dirt floor helping young kids and she's more happy than this lady. Why? Because she's in her purpose. Now, it's not suggesting that you can't be in LA and be in purpose. Well, it doesn't matter where you are, but find your purpose, friend. If you're a young person, friends, don't let your, your whole identity be summed up by Instagram. Find your purpose. Come on, a lot of people are choosing safety over purpose. You know, some people's biggest goals and desires is to get to death safely. What, what are we doing here? Come on, we've got this short time. Seriously, there's a guy that I just, just met. So this point has just gone into this message. Seriously, can't get any fresher. I was at a wedding on Friday, I meet a beautiful man. His name's Paul. And Paul starts telling me his story. He says, I, I was an accountant. I had multiple practices. And then I started to get floaters in my eye. I'd never really heard of floaters. Some of you would know what that is. It's obviously something that degenerates within your eye. And someone who works with numbers, you can't afford to think a three is an eight or an eight is a three, of course, right? Because there's a floater going through your eyes. So he had to give up his practices. But luckily, he actually had some type of insurance that basically paid him out every month what he was earning as an accountant, right? Yeah, great. Yeah, wow. Good luck to him, right? So that basically means, listen to it, at 41, he was fully retired and had a massive income coming in every month, Right? Some of us are like, yeah, that's what I'm chasing. Well, he does that for 10 years, loses his identity, doesn't know what he's living for, and, and sits there at this wedding and says to me, and what my wife doesn't, didn't know was that I was going to end it. I was going to end it all. I said, Paul, but why? You had it all. He goes, no, don't say you had it all just because you had the money. No, you've got it all when you've got purpose. Yeah. Amen. You're hearing me, guys? So he's a man that's been there. He's done it. And so I said, so what did you do? He said, well, you know what? A, a friend of mine told me that, you know, the Balinese people, I know we all go there for holiday, but they're really struggling, those people. So he bought himself uh, a, a couple of villas that he allows missionaries to go there. Any missionaries? Talk to me later, right? So he blesses missionaries, but what he also does, he's got a whole feeding program for the Balinese. 
And he reckons during COVID, they were feeding hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. He says, I feel more alive now than I've ever been. He says, now I'm 55. He goes, I've got purpose. So friends, you know what I'm here to do? Listen, all those things, there's nothing evil about them except at the cost of your purpose. And there are some young people here right now and you're like, you know what, I've got a purpose, but I'm going to chase this instead because I think that may make me happier. I just want to challenge that thought. I just want to challenge it. I, I suggest we learn from the donkey. And we get untied from all our thinking and we get untied from all the things that we think are going to really bless our life. Let's position ourselves so that the Savior can ride on our back into our purpose. Come on, give him a huge round of applause. And some of you are like, but, you know, okay, I'm willing to be untied, but, you know, could God possibly use me? I'm not very qualified. I don't know the whole Bible. I don't know who made God. You know, there's a whole lot of questions that I don't know. Is it possible that God could ride on top of me? How could that work? Well, you know, let me just, let me just give you just a couple of little pointers about why Jesus maybe chose a stallion, a, a, a donkey rather than a stallion. Remember how I said I would have chosen a stallion? Did you know that a donkey is stronger than a horse its own size? That's why they call a donkey a beast of burden, not a stallion. Donkeys can lift some stuff. They've actually got a huge capacity. It's actually a great representation for us. And, you know, some of you are thinking, I don't think I can. No, you can. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you can start to carry things. You can start to speak things. You can start to prophesy. You can start to encourage. You can start to be influential more than you've ever dreamed or imagined. But you just got to be willing first to be untied even though you're untried. Amen? Very tricky words there. If I get that right, the whole message, you know I'll be doing well. Do you want to hear something else about a donkey? Donkeys are not easily startled. Did you know with a cap gun next to a stallion, it will bolt for its life? You can, you, you can literally shoot a cannon next to a donkey and it says, whatever? Whatever? Something happened? Whatever? I'm just carrying this rice up this mountain. Why, did something happen? What happened? No, seriously. And you know what? I'm surrounded by a whole lot of pastors. And I've got to be honest, some of them are stallion pastors. And some of them are just donkey pastors. But when COVID hit, it showed us who was who in the zoo. Amen. All of a sudden, there are some, oh, yeah. And they didn't know where to turn. And you look at their posts and they were completely out of, meanwhile, some other guys are like, let's just keep winning souls. Nothing has changed in heaven or on earth. God is still God. Holy Spirit is still Holy Spirit. Salvation is still salvation. <laughs> meanwhile, now seriously, who are you? Are you a stallion that's easily startled by what's going on? Or are you just a donkey? I don't want to be a donkey. No. Come on. And I hope, seriously, I'm not trying to pull you down. I think it's what Jesus wants. He just wants us to be ordinary people who are just willing to be untied. Just willing to be untied. And some of you are like, well, but what about the Bible characters? They were all heroes. They were amazing people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here comes the list. Joseph was abused by his own family. Isaac was a liar. Gideon was afraid. Abraham was too old. Timothy was too young. Noah was a drunk, Jacob was a deceiver, Moses was a stutterer, Samson was a womanizer, Rahab was a prostitute, Job was bankrupt, Jonah ran away from God, Elijah was suicidal. How are we going so far? 
Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Thomas was a doubter. Martha was always anxious. The Samaritan woman was divorced multiple times. Timothy was sick with ulcers. Paul killed people. (laughs) David was a murderer and an adulterer. Lazarus was dead. I don't know if God can use me. Are are you dead? No. Well, you got a head start on Lazarus. Seriously, the enemy's got us thinking we're going to be perfect people. No, no. Will you just untie yourself? At the end of this message, I'm going to be welcoming people to come to the front. And it's going to be a representation of saying, God, I'm willing to be untied. And and listen, and some people are saying, no, I'm, I'm not ready for that. And that's fine too. Okay? But I know there are some people in this room, and you've been saying to God, what's next? What's next for me? Well, come on. The first step is, are you willing to be untied? Are you willing to step away from your low self-esteem? Are you willing to step away from those negative words that your teacher spoke over you in year nine? Are you, hey, come on, hey, seriously, are you willing to step Because for some of you, it's become your friend. It's become, it's, it's become the thing that you use as a great excuse as to why God can't use you. And God says, that's not good enough. No, I'll use anybody and I'll help you to rise up in Jesus' name. Come on, someone needs to give the Lord a huge round of applause. It's the truth, friends. So I'm just priming you right now. Are there any donkeys in the house? Some of you are like, oh, I'm just struggling to be. Let's just go with, are there any good-looking donkeys in the house? Can we go with that at least? I'm sure he was a well-groomed donkey, okay? You know, there is a proverb, chapter 16, verse 33. It's in the New Living Translation. Honestly, it's the way I live my life. And it simply says this. So, guys, don't panic. You haven't got it. It says, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they... Does it start with the Lord or does it start with we? It starts with we. It doesn't start with the Lord. It doesn't start with the Lord. We throw the dice and the Lord goes, great, I'll turn it into two sixes. Or a two and a four. In other words... Guys, you've got to step out if you want to see God do something. And for some of us, you are waiting for the audible voice of God that says, go and start the business on straight street, number 62. Talk to Bill Johnson, the owner. You're going to get the rent for 66,000 per year and you're going to get a five by five lease. I mean, if God did that, you'd be helpful. But you know, Lifehouse Church started 20 years ago. We've got a quite a significant campus in Melbourne. It owns its own building. We've got another campus in Poznan, Poland. We've now got a campus in Adelaide. We're going to be planting another campus in Krakow, Poland. We're going to be planting one in Hanover, Germany in in the next couple of months. And we're planting one in Fitzroy, Melbourne, right? Which is glory to God. Amen. And I'm still waiting to hear from God to actually start a church. Not, Not a word of a lie. I have never heard God say, start a church what i have heard him say is go into all the world and make disciples of every nation of every creature come on someone i think it's the greatest i'm really i'm being a really good uncle to you now can i let loose pastor come on guys what are you waiting for read the world the world is on its way to a very dark place away from god and we have this short time to impact this world in different ways And and, and we're waiting for God and God's waiting for us. Who threw the dice first? We did. And God says, great, so you're willing to be untied? I'll hop on that donkey.
and he will take you down the right path. So come on, for some of you, oh, I just need to hear from God whether I should start a small group. Really? Really? Doesn't that come under the make disciples part? I'm really waiting to hear from God to speak to that young girl at work because she seems pretty depressed. Really? Doesn't that come under the go part? Come, are you hearing me? Seriously, we can't, we can't wait for some of this stuff. You know, our church in Melbourne, we've always dreamed of having a cafe. But not just like a, you know, I've seen church cafes and I didn't really want that, right? No, no I'm serious, right? I'm sorry, it sounds a bit judgy, but you're in Melbourne, right? It's the coffee capital of the world, seriously. And so you need good coffee. And so I just imagined this amazing cafe, but I'd never run a cafe before. And neither had any of my team. But yet we were going to step forward and build a cafe, right? Like a funky hipster mustache. You know, that type of cafe. So you know what? Today as we speak, you walk into our cafe. You can get there on a Tuesday. There'll be 30 to 40, maybe 50 people all sitting around. None of them come to our church. Our own church people don't come because they want free coffee. So we tell them to go to Warner. But, <laughs> but that, no, you've got to pay for the... So you walk in there and there's just, just, just a bunch of people who don't know us. We don't know them, but they're in our building. And they're eating good food. Like there's four chefs and 20 staff. Like this thing's it's going great. I walk in one day and there's a guy sitting just all by himself. He's full of, his face is full of tattoos. Everywhere you look, there are tattoos. On his eyelids, one's got love, one says hate. So when he blinks, you don't know whether he loves you or hates you. It's, 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 very, it's very confusing. <laughs> Serious. Big, long, black hair, built guy, looks Middle Eastern. I'm feeling slightly unqualified to t- talk to a guy like that. I don't have a tattoo on my body. No judgment for those who do. Really, Lord? So I walk over. I'm like, g'day, mate. My name's Richard. I sort of look after this place. He goes, oh. He goes, I can't believe you've come over to say hello. He goes, people, people are usually scared of this. I said, I'm really sorry to hear that, man. I said, but no, that doesn't faze me. It did. It did. It did. It did. It did, but you got to, you know. No, no, it doesn't faze Anyway, just showed the guy some love. Right? Didn't preach the gospel to him. Just showed the guy some love. Just we accept you here. Because that's what Jesus would do. Now, I didn't feel qualified. It's not like I could say, so, yeah, I spent some time at Port Phillip Prison too. And you should see my eagle. No, I'm not, I felt very, un, you know what I mean? I'm the, I'm the clean skin, got saved at 16, didn't even have a time to get into sin, to be honest. This guy looks like he's just murdered someone, right? So I show him a bit of love. What happens the next day brings his wife in and his child, right? Brings his wife in, child, little baby. As I walk into the, he goes, that guy, him. He goes, goes, I want you to meet my wife. And she's looking at me like, why did you say hello to my husband? Because obviously it's a straight, I'm serious guys, I'm not joking. Full, he looks blue, he looks like Avatar. (laughs) He's blue. So much ink there, right? Anyway, I grab their baby, kiss the baby, you know, not kiss, you know, know, put the baby back. This has been going on for two weeks. I just heard. Then this Friday, like a couple of days ago, he went to our youth group and took eight kids to it. Right? Eight kids. 
He's gone to church this morning. He's gone to church this morning. And I'm just saying that to encourage you. Seriously, I'm still waiting to hear the voice. I felt very unqualified. But that was just a small step. Now listen, not a big deal in my life. I get the feeling in eternity, a big day in his life. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And I'm just wondering if God's stirring us up. It might not be a big deal to you, but it's going to be a big deal toward eternity. Are you hearing me? So come on. I'm just, my prayer is that we're all going to be untied, even though we're untried, and we're going to just trust God for the future. Are you with me? You know, we've got to remember sometimes that amateurs built Noah's Ark and professionals built the Titanic. Don't be too hard on yourselves, guys. Okay, sometimes we're thinking someone can do it a whole lot better. Well, I'm not sure about that. Now, listen, come on, you're all very unique people. And for some of us, you're thinking, well, if I, don't start a, if I don't start a small group, if I'm not a leader in our youth, someone else will. Now, listen, we are so individual. Our call is so individual that Apple, Apple have created a software that when it looks at your face, at the cost of them being sued billions of dollars, they're pretty confident that no one else can open your banking app. All I've got to do is look at my phone and it will open my phone. Then I'll go to my banking app and it will look at my face and it will open up every cent I have. That's how confident they are that my face is that individual. Are you hearing me? That's how individual you are. And the greatest lie on earth is that it doesn't really matter if you don't step into your call, someone else will do it. Well, maybe somehow that will happen. But I think anyone that has been saved has been called, is what the Bible tells us. So every single one of us have got a call and a purpose, and God is waiting for us to get untied, even though we're untried, and we're going to step into the call of God that he's got for our life. Amen? So come on. Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. Watch this. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Do you, know, do you know what's causing our young people? I don't know if you know this or not, but obviously with what we do for a living, we come across this all day. But our young people are being attacked with anxiety and depression like I have never seen before. Like it's unbelievable. And when you start to drill down a little, what you start to see is these kids know things that we, if you're, if you're my age, if you're 31, <laughs> don't laugh too loud, guys, all right? If you're my age, I'm, I'm 51. That's, that's, not what was, that's not what was going on. I mean, our biggest anxiety is whether you could get a Coke or a Pepsi, you know, that was. These young people know things that they probably shouldn't know, but they know all about it through Instagram and Facebook. Like, you know, we used to think people went on, ho people used to go to work on Mondays. Well, if you look at Instagram, apparently not. They're all sitting, they're all in Bali somewhere. And you can easily go, how come I'm not in Bali? And, and these young people, I'm a millionaire at 24 years old. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But we didn't know stuff like that. And so now you're a 24-year-old and you're fully depressed because you've hardly got any money in your bank. And I'm telling you, you've got to get away from the comparison game and you've got to just go, God, this is who I am. This is what I can do. These are my gifts. These are my talents. And I'm telling you, the day you stop comparing, you end up in the plan that God has for you. Because listen, Helen and I went to, uh, uh, it's called Frenzy. What's it called in English? It's uh, Florence. We went to Florence. We went into the square 
and we saw the statue of David, Michelangelo's David. And it's the full thing and it's beautiful and made out of granite or marble or whatever it is. But I was a bit shocked that nobody was taking a photo of it. Not one person was taking a photo of this beautiful, iconic statue. People were eating ice creams at the base of it. I'm thinking, where's all the crowds? You know, they're like, we've come all the way from Australia to see this thing. So they're, we're there taking photos of it. And I'm like, okay, it's great. And, you know, Helen's there. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And it was a bit of a mystery to me until we worked out that's a replica of the original. Now, it is identical. Identical. Then we eventually go to go see the original. We, got, we couldn't get anywhere near the thing. There were so many people taking photos and getting under it. They wouldn't get out of our way to take a photo. Isn't that funny? The identical-looking statue. Nobody wants a replica. Everyone wants the real deal. Everyone, even though they look exactly the same. You know what? God wants the real deal too. And I want to see the real deal. And you know what? Let's have a culture where people can just be the real deal. They don't have to be anybody else. But friends, I think we would all know this. And, this is, and why would I preach a message like this? Well, let me just say this without stirring you up or causing any fear in the room. Um, did you know that in Revelation, Revelation chapter, what, what chapter is it? Um, oh, here it is. Revelation chapter 16, verse 12. This was written 2,000 years ago by the Apostle John. 2,000 years ago, he said, And the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. This was written 2,000 years ago. And its waters were dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Some of you are like, oh, that's a great verse there, Pastor Richard. Thank you. <laughs> in a moment, don't do it right now because I'm trying to speak to you, but in a moment, Google what is happening to the, the, the Euphrates River as we speak. This river has never, ever dried up. But it is drying up as we speak. They're saying it's got maybe 10 years left before it is completely dried out. But yet, the Bible talked about it 2,000 years ago. And it's the sixth angel. Do you know how many angels pour out their bowls, guys? Seven. There's only one more to go. And that's... Look, I'm not the revelation guy, but I can read my Bible. And when the Bible starts to tell us that these things are starting to happen right before our very eyes, at what point do we go, hmm, maybe we've probably got to get on with it? Now, listen, I didn't make that statement to make you a stallion. I gave you that statement to make you a donkey. See, stallions would be startled by that. A donkey goes, well, then if that's the case, I better get on with my purpose. I better get on with what God's called me to do. Some of you, God's calling you to go to Bible college, but you're so tied to your income. Come on, you're so tied to it that you couldn't trust God. Oh, yes, you can. Be wise, be diligent, speak to the right people. But come on, at some stage, you've got to untie yourself from whatever it is. And for some of you, it's like you're tied to your single life. Some are like, no, I'm not tied to that. <laughs> Maybe you're too tied to the sort of person that you think you need in your life. Come on, there's a whole lot of tying that needs to be untied. And I'm just wondering if I'm in a room full of people that today will say, God, if this is the truth and if time is running out, then you know what? I'm going to step into everything you've got for me. And so this is, I, did I warn you it was a challenging message? Yes, I did warn you. Okay, so I'm going to ask the band to come and join me. And this is, this is the challenge. 
This is it. Can we just simply do what the donkey did? Can we simply do what he did? Because truth be told, friends, I would rather be a donkey with the Savior on my back than a stallion and not have him on my back. I just, I just want Jesus upon my life. I just want him. Because you know what? When I preach, I don't care if people go, gee, he's got a bald head. It's really shiny with those lights. I don't care. As long as, as long as Jesus speaks out of me, that's all I care about. I've got to be honest. I give very little thought to what I'm wearing. Some of you are like, yeah, we can see that. And that's fine. But honestly, do you know what I'm more concerned about? What's coming out of my mouth? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Seriously, you can easily spend a lot of time in the stallion world when God's saying, can you just be a bit more donkey? Can we just get the job done? Will you just let me get on your life and influence your employees? Yeah? Come on. Do you know one of the greatest evangelists that I think I've ever seen in this country, to be honest, actually goes to my church. And he's not the upfront evangelist. He's the guy that in every situation, he just somehow turns the conversation toward the Lord. Somehow. And I preached a message once where I talked about how when you win one person, you never quite, you never quite know who you're going to win because that person wins another person and then that person wins another person. I did this, I did this 14 years ago. And I preached the message and I said, Paul, I want you to come up here. So Paul came up. I said, Paul, who did you tell? He said, I told my wife, Mary. So Mary came up. I said, Mary, who did you tell? She said, I told my sister, Michelle. So Michelle came up. By the time that illustration was finished, there were 74 people on the stage. On the stage. Right? Just brand new believers all found the Lord. Do you know what every single one of those people had in common? When they told the other person, they had to be willing to be untied from rejection. What if they say no? But what if they say yes? What if they say yes? Come on, for a lot of us, fear is holding us back. Come on, you need to be untied from fear today. Come on, fear has been holding you. It's been tying you to that post. And you know what? It only leads to a boring life. So come on, would you, would, would you be up on your feet? We're going to do a couple of things here today, just very quickly. The first thing and the most, to be honest, the most important thing is there are some people in this room who need to have Jesus actually upon their life. In other words, you need to give your life to Him. You've got to be willing to give your life to Him. And just because you've been raised in church, friends, I know this sounds really tough, but if you've been raised in church, it doesn't mean you're a Christian. It actually doesn't. It's the day you say to Him, Jesus, my life is yours and I will follow you the rest of my life. That's, the, that's a Christian. Not just I go to church. That, not even that makes you a Christian. It's Jesus, my life now belongs to you. Hop on, let's go for the ride of our life. 